Hi, and welcome to Brains with Braun. I'm Naomi, a current high school senior, and I'm so excited to share this two-year-long passion project with everyone. Brains with Braun is a bi-weekly podcast geared towards middle school and high school students. In each episode, we'll explore different topics focused on eating or exercise and how they can relate to the brain and its cognitive processes. But before we start discussing any of these fun, sciencey topics, I want to start off this episode with a short introduction of myself and why I decided to start this podcast. As a preface, this part of the episode will discuss eating disorders and body image. If any of these issues are triggering to you, please skip to the next episode on the mechanisms behind stress eating. For this part of the segment, I want to keep the conversation really real and very casual, and so I have a few notes in front of me. But for the most part, I'll just be bouncing off of ideas left and right, and I'll keep this part as short as possible. So my journey, like most others, started during my childhood. Now for as long as I can remember, I loved food. But more than I loved food, I loved eating. My parents used to make fun of me a lot because I would tell them I used to dream about eating donuts, just like Homer Simpson. But it wasn't my fault that I had such a big appetite. In fact, probably the biggest appetite in my whole entire family. And I was lucky enough to grow in a household where I wasn't restricted. I could basically eat whatever I wanted. But most of the time, those foods weren't the healthiest. And so, that habit of eating unhealthy food and always being hungry led me to becoming the school's chubby kid. But I didn't really think that this was an issue. In my eyes, I looked great. That was until people started to comment on it. And so it morphed into an issue for me. I can vividly remember the time where I went to a family barbecue I sat on my aunt's lap and she told me, you're heavier than your older sister. Or when I was wearing a shirt that was a little bit too tight and my supposed best friend laughed at me and called me fat and ugly. But even with all those unnecessary comments, I just didn't care. For the most part, those remarks just went over my head. Sure, it hurt in the moment, but... It didn't affect me. Who cares what I look like? I didn't. And I was able to carry that I don't care about what you say attitude throughout much of elementary school, middle school, and some parts of high school. I didn't care what I ate, and I didn't care what I looked like. So let's fast forward to October of my sophomore year. I just came back from an exciting 10-day exchange program from China. Looking back on it, that trip was one of the best experiences of my life. I got to meet so many new people, reconnect with my Chinese heritage, and of course, indulge in all the unique street foods and cultural dishes that I just couldn't find in America. And when I say indulge, I really mean it. Everyone else on the program seemed too shy to eat, but not me. 
I mean, we're in China after all. When can I ever eat like this? And so I came back to America 10 pounds heavier than when I left. That's 10 pounds in 10 days. Now to most people, this doesn't really matter. It's just a matter of time before they bounce back into their normal routine and ultimately to their normal weight. But not for me. I really took this seemingly menial weight gain to heart. And I think that was due to a combination of my pants not fitting, my family telling me that my arm is looking bigger, and someone very close to me saying that I got less pretty because I gained weight. And so for the next few months, I started to be kind of counterproductive. I started to binge eat. And even though I was ashamed about my weight gain, I found that in food, there was a sense of comfort. Food wouldn't judge me if I got a little bit bigger. Food wouldn't judge me if my weight started to balloon. And so all that binge eating eventually led me to my highest weight ever. When I stepped on the scale, I was almost shocked. I didn't realize I let it go that far. And this really coincided with the start of quarantine, where everything was shut down, I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't see any of my friends. And so I did what any rational person would do when they have too much free time and they just realize that they were the heaviest they've ever been. I started to really work out. I would say I worked out about two hours a day plus walking for one hour. And so with that strict exercise regime, I was able to lose about five pounds of that original 10 pounds that I gained in China. Over At first, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've always been a very athletic kid always moving, always jumping around. And so I found a lot of joy in just taking time to myself to bike or to walk or to do YouTube exercise videos. But then I realized that the number on the scale just wasn't moving. And so I had to ramp up my exercise routine. And more importantly, I had to dictate to put on a stricter control of what I was eating. That's when I decided to do probably the dumbest decision that I've ever made, to get my fitness pal. And for those of you who don't know what my fitness pal is, it's basically an app where you can track your calories. And so I got the app, I downloaded the app, and I started obsessively counting calories, thinking that this is the way that I can lose weight, not just exercise, but I need to be in a caloric deficit. And so I would plug in whatever I ate for the day. And if it was over, I told myself I couldn't eat anything the next day. Or if it was under, then I thought that that day was a success and that it just wasn't a waste of a day. I really fooled myself into thinking that I was enjoying this. I was enjoying 
this sense of hunger that I was feeling all the time. I was enjoying this quote-unquote healthy fitspo lifestyle that everyone, that all the influencers just seem to be having such a great time with. And then junior year started, the end of quarantine in a sense. And I had to go back to school. And I had to go on with my life. I couldn't just live in isolation and have the time to count calories or work out three times a day if I wanted to. And so I thought, now that I've lost the weight, all the weight from China, and a little bit more, I can be a little bit more lax with myself. I mean, I put in all the hard work, so it shouldn't go away, right? I was so wrong. <laughs> I really underestimated the amount of stress I was under in junior year. And whenever I stressed out, I turned to food. And I was exercising much less than I did during quarantine. And so my weight started to slowly fluctuate up. And then eventually, it reached all the way back to my heaviest point. And so I felt like a failure again. I let myself get to this point again. And so I think that really signaled the start of my heavy restriction slash ping-ponging between fab diets phase. I was keto. I tried intermittent fasting. I was vegan for like three days. And it wasn't because of my health, but it was because I wanted to change the way that I looked. I wanted to be just like my thin friends who didn't seem to get any weight. I would say that I was probably three quarters of the way through my junior year when I really just reached my breaking point. I was in my AP Bio class and I was crying because I binged the day before since I was heavily restricted. Whenever I had that food that I told myself I couldn't eat, I just ate it. I ate and ate it until I felt so uncomfortable. And so I was crying during that class and I was thinking like, how could I be doing this to myself? I need to be paying attention to what's actually important. And here I am thinking about how I binged the day before, feeling guilty and bad about myself and just being so self-deprecating. This really wasn't the life that I wanted for myself. I needed to change that. Now that was easier said than done. It took me a long time to reevaluate what I value about myself and to redefine my relationship with food. And of course, there were hiccups in the road. There were times where I didn't go to school because the day before I binged and I felt so gross and icky and I didn't want people to see me. Or there were periods in the day where people would talk about their favorite food or what they were having for dinner and I just wished for one second that I could be or I could eat like a normal person. And so I continued to struggle with trying to find myself through the chaos of body image, overeating, and having a kind of abnormal relationship with food. That was until my friend introduced me to weightlifting. At first, I was a little bit scared. You know, my parents always warned against me lifting too heavy because I think they thought that their five foot three daughter 
would just break her back if she lifted anything above 45 pounds. But I decided to give it a go. And so I can remember the first time that I weightlifted and then I benched. I felt so cool. You know, I was never the kid to do something that was unique or different. And so being able to lift heavy for the first time really made me change my perspective on what I valued. You know, my body now was being used in an amazing way. I was getting stronger, you know? I didn't need someone to lift up my laundry bin. I didn't need someone to help me open the jammed door or to open the jar of peanut butter. I could just do it myself. And so through weightlifting, I was able to find almost a balance in a sense and redefine a healthy relationship with food now where I see food as something that gives me joy, of course, but it's also fueling my body and fueling my performance as an athlete. Now I can say that for the most part, I've navigated my way out of all that toxicity and guilt that I experienced for years and years. But I know that a lot of people my age still struggle with these same issues. And that's why I started this podcast. Through everything that I've learned, I realized that it wasn't my fault. It was a combination of biological and psychological mechanisms that were really driving my behaviors. By understanding these principles, I found a power over them, almost closure for what happened. And so my goal is for anyone who's struggling with their relationships with food, with exercise, or basically with anything, to find a safe place here where we can talk about cool aspects of the brain. Sorry to get all sappy. So that concludes our first episode. Our next episode will be discussing the mechanisms behind stress-induced eating and why it's not your fault when that happens. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brains with Brawn. Stay tuned for new episodes each Monday and Friday.